This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey guys, thanks for joining me. Wow, the talent and smarts of this kid. At just 17, my guest Lane Factor is a rising star. He's already worked with Taika Waititi, Sterling Harjo, and Steven Spielberg. And above all, he's made us laugh and cry and really impressed with his incredible performances Cheese on the hit TV series and one of my favorites, Reservation Dogs. The show, set on an Indian reservation in Oklahoma, follows Cheese and his group of friends. After the death of their friend Daniel, the gang wrestles with the desire to move to California, the way Daniel dreamed of doing. The show is funny and packs an emotional punch, and simultaneously shows the meaning and importance of tradition at the same time as it satirizes tired pop-cultural images of Native Americans. Reservation Dogs, that just finished season two, is co-created by Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi, whose directing credits include Jojo Rabbit and superhero films like Thor, Love and Thunder. Harjo is the showrunner, writer, and director. And Reservation Dogs is the first TV show where every writer, director, and lead actor has an indigenous background. Tell your friends. I don't have any. Go get some then. Okay. We could be in California as soon as two months. California, here we come. You and your buggy ass friends. What are you going to fight for? <laughs> nah, I just have no idea. What? What? You guys watching this? It's going to be like a month. What kind of gang was both red and blue? Indian Mafia couldn't make up their minds if they wanted to be Bloods or Crips more. Maybe they're Blips. Or maybe they're Cruds. Hey. It's easy to be bad. Fight the man. It's hard to be a warrior with dignity. Talked to Lane Factor, just 14 when he auditioned for the show, about his character Cheese and some really emotional scenes that he's played that were really personal. We talked about his native background and what it's been like working with some real acting icons. Also, his new role in Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans and, hey Taika, we want to see this kid in a Marvel movie. I talked to Lane Factor one afternoon after school and started by asking him what it's been like combining school and all his major film and TV projects. It's been going really good. I've just been trying to kind of like uh, balance both of them out. Of but, course. Because uh, of course when we're on set, you know, when I'm not on, when I'm not on camera, they have me off in a corner uh, doing schoolwork or something. And since this is actually my final year of school, I'm trying to take it a bit more seriously than usual. 
What do you do when you when you're not working and you're not at school? Are you do you, are you into movies and pop culture? Yeah, I when I'm you know not home from when I'm at home from school, usually what I do is um, I'll just you know watch a movie or I'll play some games or you know maybe just watch YouTube videos and eat food. <laughs> I just I'm not I'm pretty simple like that, you know. <laughs> are you a Marvel fan? Was it cool to meet Taika? It was really cool. I think when I first met Taika, I was like right after I watched Thor Ragnarok for the first time. It was like a week or two beforehand, I actually got to meet him. And so I was kind of trying not to like uh, go crazy around him, you know, just try to like, I didn't try to geek out around him. They'll try to slide like some casual questions like, so how was Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston? Are they, are they all right? <laughs> but he's actually really cool. Taika's a really down to earth guy and, you know, he's really approachable, surprising, or not surprisingly, but yeah, he's just. So maybe he can get you on one of the Marvel movies after this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Hope so. What would your dream be? Any particular? For me, I think. I think it would be so cool to, to be Spider-Man. I've, been, I've watched Spider-Man like all my life. I think for most people around my age would say play Spider-Man or something, or even like Iron Man. Yeah, I love Iron Man, Spider-Man. I, I love those guys. So it'd probably be one of them. <laughs> so you were like 16, right? When you started, you hadn't acted before. How did the part, this part of Cheese and Reservation Dogs come to you? I was actually 14 when I started oh, 14. acting. 14, I'm sorry, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole uh, acting thing just kind of came out of nowhere because it was my my sister, she wanted to uh, she wanted to do acting classes and my mom uh, signed me up for them as well. At first I was a bit objected to it because I didn't want to you know do them or whatever. But then when I actually started going to them and doing those acting classes, they were really fun and we actually did really cool stuff in there. And one of the benefits of that was uh, they put us, they automatically signed us up for like a uh, open casting call email uh, account thing. So anytime there would be like open casting calls, they would send us emails like uh, we're looking for these kinds of, you know, people, these descriptions or whatever. So I think it was about a week after that acting class ended and they started sending those out it was we got the open casting call for reservation dogs. And at first I didn't want to go to it because uh, it was too early for me. It was like at 9.30 in the morning. And I spent like the <laughs> night previously playing games all night. But my mom made me go. And that's where I got to meet Sterling and the casting director, Angelique Midthunder. And they were really nice. They were so helpful. And we all just kind of hit it off. And they'd give me some pointers, some tips. And I, they called me back to come read a few more times. Then afterwards, uh, they kept doing callbacks in Oklahoma where they had more and more people. And as those callbacks went on, their group got smaller and smaller until it was just me and like a couple of the kids and they flew us out to LA. And that's where I got to meet Devry, DeFaro, Paulina and Dalton. It was a whole process and it was so exciting because, you know, I got to meet all these people who've been acting for a long time. And I was just like this newbie who had no idea what he was doing. But they were all really helpful and they all everyone was helpful and gave me tips and it was a really good experience that's amazing and yay your mom yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Yay> my mom. <laughs> yes <laughs> my mom's been with me every step of the way she's been with me every step of the way that's great um cheese now he's so smart like like you seem he's so empathetic but he's still not a pushover he knows what he wants what it, why don't you describe him for me as you see him 
I would say Cheese is, he's more of a kind of quiet, laid back character, but I think at this point in the story, he knows what he wants to do. He knows the people he cares for. And he's just the lovable, quiet, smart, you know, maybe he'll throw in a comment in there. He's just that kind of guy who also is pretty funny at times. Traditions are really important to him, and I love how he'll mix in a Star Wars reference when he's doing a a prayer or something like that. (laughs) This season had just some amazing scenes, and one particularly emotional scene was Chi's prayer for Daniel. The group, Bear, Willie, and Alora, have traveled to L.A. and you're standing on the beach to honor Daniel, who died by suicide, and Cheese leads the prayer. We didn't get to say goodbye to you, Daniel. And, um, you know what? To be honest, I've been kind of mad at you. You're my hero, man. Now you're not here to make things right or better. Willie Jack, she cares for her family members. And now she's lost her brother, cousin, friend. And Bear, he lost his best friend. Now Pete Swim's missing. And Laura, she lost her hope. Remember, she looked at the future. She'd see you there, man. You're our brother. Remember you for all the good things we've done together. And we're out here for you, man. We just hope we're doing the right thing. Cheese. I love you, bitches. <laughs> Fucking love you guys. Both those scenes were really big. They're also uh, pretty nerve-wracking for me to do because, you know, it's something that, of course, acting I haven't had much experience with, with beforehand, let alone doing like a big, a big emotional scene. So those, those are always the scenes I was, I'm always a little like weary and nervous about, but I also have a bit of excitement. That's like a, a new challenge, I guess. But I've always had a uh, DeFaro or Devery, Paulina, Sterling. That, that I could always talk to them and I could always talk to them and they would give me uh, advice and stuff and things I can use. It's also just kind of a in the moment kind of thing, you know, it's, it all just kind of comes to you, I guess. So it was important to Sterling this, it's the first and only TV series where every writer, director and series regular is Native American. Tell me about your background. So I am part of the Seminole and Caddo Nations. And um, uh, Seminole was, of course, many years ago, they were in Florida. And it was when when the Trail of Tears happened, they came to Oklahoma and the Caddo tribe, part of Louisiana, and they were pushed Oklahoma too. So that's kind of where the tribes kind of started and where they ended up. And so I'm you know, cousins with a lot of people. And I know a lot of people who are Seminole and Caddo. I think, yeah, Sterling's like one of my cousins too. So oh, really? Uh, we all call him, we all call him Uncle Sterling on set. 
but it's just, I talk to a lot of people and they're like, they're all telling me they're really proud of me and that they know my dad because my dad knows everyone and, or they grew up with my mom and stuff. And so it's just nice to see that everyone, we're all kind of familiar with each other. You live and you film the show in Oklahoma. What did the community, how did they feel about it when you guys started filming the show there? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, they, they were so welcoming. They were so excited that we were we chose to film there or so uh, welcoming. They would talk to us or they, we'd have local like, catering. And yeah, a lot of the people who worked on it, who worked on Reservation Dogs were local. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really nice and it really felt like we were all just kind of got to know each other. And you just walk, you just be walking around, you'd see someone you know. We were invited down there for the uh, for the uh, Seminole Nations Festival uh, a couple months back, and that was really nice just to see everyone there. And you're working with some real icons of film and TV from the Native community. Zan McLaren, who's of course from Fargo and Westworld. You have Little Mike and Funny Bone, the rap duo. Dallas Goldtooth, who plays Spirit, who is actually the leader of the Indigenous Environmental Network. Um, and of course, Amber Midthunder. Tell me a little bit what it's been like for you to be surrounded by these people. What have you learned? They're all so funny and approachable. And, you know, they've all been, they've all had different experiences, but they've all been working in this industry for a long time. And I, you know, like Zon, you know, me and him have kind of like that uh, uncle nephew relationship where we can just kind of joke around each other. You know, Dallas is like that crazy cousin who you don't know what's going to happen every time you talk to them. But I think probably the one that I, you know, kind of grew, grew closest with was uh, Casey Camp, who who played uh, my grandma on the show. Mm-hmm. Even on an offset, we call each other uh, grandma and grandson. So she's probably the one I've told me a lot of stories about when she was like in the early film industry for Native Americans and stuff, and just kind of experiences that happened and how much it's changed and she's given me some advice and so she's the one I probably look up to the most out of everyone what was what was one of her early experiences she was telling me about how you know of course Native Americans they would play in westerns as like the antagonist that you just a faceless person you just kill and move on not give it a second thought about but also like how Native Americans wouldn't even be cast in those roles a lot of times it would be Hispanic people or just people painted a darker shade of color. It was really hard to find work. And even if you do find, find work, you'd be under prejudice and, and just how much times have changed from then to now. And, and just that it's nice to see how everything's progressed to a more uh, open and accepting environment for Indigenous people. Darlin has talked about when he was a kid and he'd see, you know, Peter Pan and like the Westerns you were describing now. For yourself growing up, what kind of depictions of Native Americans pop culture um, did you see and how did they resonate for you? And I think of like old pop culture, one thing that does come to mind is is Peter Pan, of course. That was like probably one of my favorite movies growing up. But the one thing I I remember I always kind of found uncomfortable about it was the whole 
Native American scene and how they're portrayed in that movie. You know, you'd watch movies like John Wayne and stuff, like John Wayne Westerns, and you'd see just how they're just, you know, Native Americans people are just kind of shown as the savage, kill them, you know, move from point A to point B kind of thing. And that's kind of how it's always been for as much as I can kind of remember until, until, you know, I met, I started doing these auditions and I met Paulina and DeFaro and Devery and they've showed me stuff they've worked on and kind of opened my eyes to like a whole new kind of area of all these different projects that go like completely under the rug and, and that you barely hear about. So, and so it's really nice that those have kind of been brought to light and, and again, just how everything's changed. Do you have a lot of traditions in you in your family that you guys still uphold? Yeah, there's a we have a lot of traditions. I like um, a big part is, you know, of course, like respecting our elders and stuff, and you know, just kind of taking in everything they teach us and tell us. You know, whether it be passing along stories or learning the language or learning that things, our history, our tribe's history, and or you know, traditional dances or whatever. Just stuff, things like that are like really, really big and really things, big things that we all take in and that we learn from, especially my dad. He's really big on his uh, seminal side, all the traditions and cultures. I thought it was such a touching and fantastic scene when when the community comes together when someone's dying that we see in, in Reservation Dogs in a couple episodes. But it just feels like such a loving way to see someone pass, but it's still with you, so to speak. It was something actually, unfortunately, I had to do like not too long before, before we even started shooting. About a month before we started shooting, my my grandma passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. And she passed away from COVID. She passed away on February 14th. I remember that because that was about almost a month exactly from start shooting. And, and we all came together. You know, we all had a big ceremony at our church and we had family coming in who haven't seen in a long time. You know, people people that I haven't even met before, but we all came together because we know her and we spent the whole day there just kind of remembering her and coming together. And so when we started filming, especially the uh, Laura's grandmother's episode uh, titled Mabel, that one was a bit harder for me because that struck really close to home because uh, it was really fresh in my mind still. So that kind of made that really special to me. She's so proud of you. <laughs> this has led to some big things for you. You are going to be, or you're in Steven Spielberg's upcoming movie, The Fablemans, the much-awaited movie, which is kind of a biographical film for him, really. What's your relationship to him? Of course, I think it's kind of a thing everyone can say is that we've seen Jaws, you know. I remember every time we'd go swimming when I was a lot younger, my uncle would do a little shark fin and would start humming the Jaws theme and would cut through the water. And it would scare me to death. And I remember vividly watching Jurassic Park and just being terrified at the raptors, but also really entertained by the whole movie. And today Jurassic Park is still one of my favorite movies. It even now kind of spawned in like my whole love for dinosaurs, which spawned into Godzilla. And that's basically become my entire personality at this point. But just stuff, things like that, or like E.T. I remember I just watched E.T. for the first time uh, not too long ago. And I loved that. that was Isn't really it great? Movie. It's such a good movie. <laughs> Those are just kind of like the three that stand out. But I remember liking, I really liked World of the Worlds from 2001. That's just something that that's kind of a, a guilty pleasure film for me. I was like, Tom Cruise and Spielberg, count me in. <laughs> what is your role in this? I mean, I don't know what's the secret or not, but... Of course, the main character, his name is Sammy in the movie, but I play uh, 
character in his friend groups, one of his friends in the movie. So you'll see us running around a couple times throughout the film, just as a, as a group, you know, Sammy and his crew rolling around and I'm in there too. So that's, that was really cool to do. And getting to talk to Steven Spielberg, I really had to keep my composure and try not to geek out over everything and ask him a million questions about everything he's been involved in. I mean, he's done such great things with young adults and kids. He was wonderful. He's really great. He's, he's really uh, approachable and he's really, um, he can really give us like tips and stuff that just kind of put everything on the nose. Like he can point exact, you know, problems that he wants us to try something differently or, you know, try something like this, you know, say this maybe. And he just makes it really easy to, to understand, not saying that anyone else has, hasn't, but I just had a wonderful experience with him as, a, as the director. And I just, I hope I get to do it again someday. I get to work with him again. Between the roles you're doing now and Sterling and Taika and, and Spielberg, I'm, I'm, you're going to go far. I can't, I can't wait. Um, rounding up a bit, Reservation Dogs has resonated so much as we've been talking about. What do, you, what do you hope that young people will take from it and understand? That Native people are still here, that, you know, we have our own problems and that we're all connected still. You know, we all have things that we can look back on and be like, okay, yeah, we love our family. You know, we all have cultures and traditions we sh should preserve. And we have people who we, loved ones, who we, we should remember and pass on things that we've learned from them. And that everything we do, you know, we kind of, we, we can all do it together and that we're never alone. Thank you so much, Lynn. Do you have homework you have to do now? No, actually. Yes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for taking your time with me and thank you for the show. Thank you for, for letting me come on. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Lane Factor. Reservation Dogs is on FX, Disney Plus, and was just renewed for season three. And Spielberg's The Fablemans will be out later this year. And thank you so much for listening. Pop Culture Confidential is a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.